Hello, and welcome to Hopeful World, the social project podcast. I'm Charlie Wright, founder of Hopeful Traders, the clothing brand that collaborates with the homeless community. In this series, we will be shining a light on individuals and organizations taking the issues that affect our society into their own hands. At Hopeful Traders, we aim to do more than just give. We want to build and connect communities where individuals are provided with opportunities to support themselves as well as the people around them. With this in mind, we set out to speak to the people already making this idea a reality. In the last episode of our series, we speak to Kate and Josh of Stray Further about how a personal experience whilst on holiday in Morocco set them on a path to completely changing their lives so that they may better the lives of stray and abandoned animals. As well as starting the clothing brand to raise money for animal refuges, these guys have decided to take a hands-on approach to dealing with the treatment of animals. I am Josh and I'm one of the founders of Stray Further. I'm Kate and I am the other founder of Stray Further. So what we're trying to do out in Morocco currently is work alongside animal welfare charities and not necessarily just charities, but sanctuaries, refuges, and generally try to develop them, do what needs to be doing from a physical side, a social side, and at the same time, do something creative. So what we're doing is making t-shirts, clothing, artworks, to sell them and to raise money for these charities. So probably about eight months ago, we went on holiday to Morocco um, and ended up finding a stray puppy that was really sick. Um, and she was about two months old and covered in hundreds of ticks and had mange and was really pretty ill. Um, and so we had this crazy 24 hours the day before we were supposed to get a flight home trying to find her a vet and trying to find her somewhere to live. And... Um, a lot of the refugees out there are really full because there's a huge stray dog population or stray animal population. Um, so we finally found this place and after a pretty arduous, emotional 24 hours of not knowing if she was going to... Because we had to leave her on the street when we went back to our hotel overnight and we didn't know if she was going to be alive or if she was going to be there or if she was going to be maimed or something. Um, so then we, we found her and we went to this sanctuary but had this ridiculous journey where all these twists of fate happened and we managed to get the car stack in the sand dune and we almost ran out of petrol and uh, it was ridiculous. So anyway, we finally found this place um, and they showed us around and then they just kind of went out of the blue. We're looking for some people to come and manage here. So is that something you guys want to do? Um, And then we got on the plane back and just thought that maybe it was time that we looked at our lives and changed them and maybe went and did something different and then spent the next four months planning. Uh, We set up Stray Further as a way to fund them, fund the sanctuary and then fund us. Well, not necessarily fund us because we don't really make any money, but as a way for us to create products. We both come from design and art backgrounds, so it's very much in our nature to make things, to make products, T-shirts, to sell. Um, it's been really hard. We've been there for two months um, and it feels like forever. And I think because we didn't have that long planning and changing everything, leaving our jobs, packing up the house, trying to sell everything we owned basically. And then we drove in our van down there. Um, 
So it's just been really intense and really emotional. And then working with the animals every day is great, but it's it's very tiring. And we had two puppies that died very early on. Um, they were tiny and a couple of days old. Um, and so it's just been just been really up and down and pretty tiring, really. But great, like amazing, but really quite a shock. Um, and also, you know, dealing with a completely different culture that's so removed. You know, Morocco is very, you know, so relatively European, but it is also Africa. Um, and I think adjusting to different lifestyles there, I think especially I've struggled as a woman there because of the attitude and the sort of macho culture that there is. I found it hard at sometimes, but we're getting there, adjusting. The way we've tried to understand it is to break down short-term, medium-term, long-term challenges. So the longer-term challenges would be to try and change those attitudes towards animals. That means going into schools, working with communities from an educational point of view. But also, maybe more medium-term is creating solutions for people with working animals, helping them. We've spoken with other refugees about designing our way around some of these problems with uh, working donkeys and the the attitude of what well, how do I say this we've discovered that seasonality comes into play so mm. and I'm talking specifically with donkeys here because this is a this is a whole nother area that we've discovered is, is a problem and if there is bad weather, if there's a sustained drought uh, in rural areas, which are hard to get to, a lot of people might leave their donkey out to suffer and die because they don't have the means to help them. So can we medium term figure out solutions, create uh, infrastructures even to help these animals? And shorter term... I think it's about creating awareness, finding cash to <laughs> feed these animals, to home these animals. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It's, it's quite simple short term. So th those are the challenges mm. that we're facing on, on a bigger scale day to day. You know, it's crazy. Then mm. also, aside from the just the donkeys, there's the general attitude to stray dogs. Um, mm. I think it's just, you know, very ingrained because um, they're seen as like a danger or a pest because rabies is very prevalent. So basically any stray wild dog is seen as a potential threat. So if they too come too close, people will pick up a stone and throw it at them and things like that. So it's trying to, one, address the rabies issue, which is huge, to control the stray population by sterilisation to kind of maintain a healthy population rather than this sort of exponential rise um, and then vaccinate as well. But then education comes into play of, you know, you may not necessarily want to touch them and that's fine, but don't throw stones at them, you know, don't, you know, do it for fun and try to hurt them. So I think, you know, little kids don't necessarily understand the impact that they're having when they throw stones at animals or whatever. Um, and then it in terms makes the dogs aggressive because they're scared and then it's kind of just a perpetual cycle of fear and aggression. So that is a big challenge for us to 
to work around. I suppose personally, we've always we've always had animals and we've always had an interest in animals. It's not we haven't professionally worked with animals. I've worked previously in the charity sector and things like that, so that side of it I know. But no, I think this opportunity just kind of presented ourselves, and we thought, you know, why not? This is something that we can do, especially with design backgrounds. We're working quite a lot on the sort of public facing aspect of it in terms of social media and the website and trying to fundraise and things like that so that comes quite naturally to us and I think that's part of our previous jobs as well um, but in terms of working with animals no so it's, it is that is also a new challenge for us yeah. <laughs> at the moment we're trying to make uh, a product that is attractive and cool and fun that people can people will genuinely want to buy aside from the fact that it's for a charitable cause I mean if you design like a cool t-shirt right and people want to buy it people want to wear it we want other people to ask what that is what that's about we don't necessarily have to push the message on the forefront that can come afterwards but I think that through our social media, so on our website and through the Instagram and through the stories and things like that, we are, there's a definite narrative and also each one does kind of, you know, explain what we're doing and explain about the animals and the story. So it's kind of, it's an education through, an education for the other people, for the audience through our pictures and through our writings and things like that. Mm. So, you know, there's kind of twofold. There's people that you know, may want to buy the t-shirt and then also follow us on Instagram and kind of see the, our, our journey. And then I suppose there's the other aspect where there's audience who just want to buy a t-shirt mm. and then maybe that's a part of it for them, but maybe it's not. So I suppose it's just about continually engaging with people about what we're doing so that then they go, ah, oh, okay, now I understand that maybe in, you know, Morocco or Mauritania or wherever, there is this problem with working animals, which I didn't realise before, and there is this problem with stray dogs, and there is this. And then maybe they'll, you know, hopefully they would support, not necessarily us, but, you know, other charities that are working in this area. Mm. It's also just an opportunity for people buying this stuff to feel that they're doing something good. We've chosen, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not an Oxfam or anything like that. We, we don't want to... Our methodology is not to push uh, like a, a story that might make you feel guilty, it might make you want to donate money, but rather involve positivity and humour and story that people can relate to. I think soon we will move on and work on more sort of larger kind of fundraising for the things like the donkey project to try and create um, to fundraise for surgeries and vets and things that can help the, the people in rural areas for free so that they can make the lives of their working animals better and in turn it helps them so it's more of a community aspect I think than really just focusing on mm. the thing we also want to set up a, um, a sterilisation programme um, with the stray cats and dogs because I think it's really important to do that otherwise it just 
the problem at the moment and in Morocco. Taking the problem from both ends, aren't you? Yeah, and the problem in Morocco at the moment is that sort of once or twice a year they round up a lot of the stray animals and then they cull them. And, you know, a lot of the stray animals there are pretty healthy. They're looked after by the community generally. Like there's lots of restaurants that will feed them leftovers and things like that. And they don't need to be killed, um, but they just need to be controlled so it doesn't become a problem where one area is overrun with something. We see, we've already seen an effect with the sanctuary that we're working at currently, Floss, where on a very short term we've seen the members of staff, because it's connected to a hotel, we've seen changes in their behaviour, the way they're treating the animal. They see that, you know, they're not necessarily a pest or a nuisance, but I think it's, I think it's just them watching us and getting them involved in helping these animals has already started to change these behaviours. So there's the Floss website, uh, which is flossanimals.com. There's our website, uh, straightfurther.rocks. On our website, there is our shop, which you can buy everything through. Um, Also, there is a section for our partner charity, which is Floss at the moment. So you can read more about them as well. Um, I think really Instagram is one of the best ways to keep really, really up to date. We post almost every day. um, And... You know, there are times in the year when we come back to the UK and we are doing pop-up events and things like that, markets and stuff. So another wolf grower is to come down and buy some stuff. Thank you so much to Kate and Josh for coming and speaking to us. Go and check out their stuff at straightfurther.rocks. They've got a really great range of products in there. I personally went on and bought myself a beachy tea. I'm a big fan of it. Definitely keep up with these guys on Instagram. They take lots of really amazing pictures of the places they're working with, the people they're working with, and of course, the animals they're working with. Their Instagram handle is at stray underscore underscore further. You can follow the Hopeful World podcast and blog at hopefultraders.com. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a review. It really helps us get the word out. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Hopeful Traders. We also have an email newsletter, which is a great way to hear about interesting stuff going on in the Hopeful Traders world. Don't worry, it's not just buy our stuff emails. Subscribe at HopefulTraders.com and get 10% off any of your first purchases. You know, just in case you do want to buy our stuff. Hopeful World is produced by Lower Street. (laughs) 